Welcome back to the Millennial Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Michael, here with my beautiful wife, Jane. And Jane, how's your day going? Oh, it's going. I'm awake and uh, alive and ready for a new day. Wow. They always say another day closer to death. So. Oh, okay. Well, I was just saying I'm just happy to be here. But I guess we're going to go there with death. Yeah, just a little countdown timer to our, <laughs> our demise is always something I like to think about when I wake up in the morning. Well, you know what? Speaking of death. Okay. Well, we left off where our, in our last episode where I felt like I was going to die. That's true. I thought that was my last day on earth. Do you want to recap a little bit of what we talked about last week and then jump right back in? Mm-hmm. So I was feeling like dying because we got engaged. Oh, okay. I, <laughs> I didn't then, realize you had that kind wait, of... Well, let me finish okay. here. <laughs> may have phrased that a little incorrectly, but so we got engaged, but I know I made you a promise that once we're engaged, said woman would move into said fiance's apartment. I, I believe the contract said said, but my apologies, get, get the writing right. <laughs> I'll pull out that contract later and make yeah. sure that I get it right next time. And at this point, I've told my mom, we've told our family, we've told our friends, everyone's very happy, very excited, until I called my mom. And most, I would say, brides-to-be enjoy the phone call to their mother. Right. And your experience was a little different. I was more anxious yeah. with this. And backstory is because I think my mom was already feeling a lot of changes happening with our relationship, my relationship with the family. I wasn't home as often. And obviously, a lot of my attention was to our relationship. So to her, it was a lot of adjusting throughout our first year of dating. You talk about your mom giving us a lot of pushback. What do you think her goal was for you as far as dating, marriage, and moving out? I think her goal was for me to be a nun eventually and live with her until she dies. You, you really don't think that there is a, <laughs> like a way that we could have, we're going to talk about what happens, but there's a way that we could have avoided um, the pitfalls that come before us in this story. I think, well, and we can get to it later, but she is a very traditional uh type of woman when it comes to relationships you know I've, I've mentioned a few times now that in the Philippines there's a process called legal which is a courtship that happens between a man and a woman in the Philippines it still happens now to modern relationships there where the man will kind of woo the whole family visit in the house of you know the the girl that he wants to date and eventually if things go well I mean courtship can take as long as a year to two years three it could take years until the girl says yes I want to be your girlfriend. To, to be your girlfriend? Yes. Wow. Yep. Now, did, did your mom go through this process? Did your dad court your mom in the traditional legal process? Yes. Okay. How did, did they ever talk about that and how it went? Well, they're married, so I guess well, it went well. <laughs> I didn't know if there was any sort of struggle or if it was just this beautiful Disney fairy tale Filipino style. It was a bit... Um, modified in a way because my grandparents on my mom's side actually migrated to Canada when my mom was still in college and that's where she met my dad and so her brothers her older brothers were the ones that I think you know my dad built mainly a relationship with not that he didn't have a relationship with my grandparents my grandparents really loved my dad and they were really happy that my mom and my dad ended up together my dad comes from a very good family 
himself. Uh, and so their families just got along really well. But I think during the time of their courtship, uh, my dad did a lot of um, spending time with his with her brothers instead. She's the youngest of five kids, and they're all brothers. So she all she only has big brothers. What age ages were your parents during the legal process for them? Uh, they were married by the time they were twenty two or twenty three. So very young. Yeah, so college, mm-hmm. college age over there, and they had their first child when they were twenty four. Okay. So they had my sister. Or 23, actually. So they were actually, my mom was pregnant at their wedding. Really? Yes. I didn't know that. <laughs> That's scandalous. I know. She says, well, you know, things happened. And go, not to go too much into their story, but my mom at the time wasn't sure she wanted to get married, because even though she was pregnant. But she felt like it was the right thing to do. And her brothers, her older brothers advised her that you need to raise this child in a mom and dad situation. Almost that your mom married due to obligation. Yes. Not that she didn't love my dad, but I don't think she was ready quite for marriage at that age. And, you know, my sister was a surprise. And I guess I'm just laying this, asking these questions because just to kind of parallel it with our story and seeing... You know, because as we're going to talk about, your mom has this way of doing things. I'm just trying to figure out if she did it the same way, you know, more or less. And I think, you know, the things that she missed out on in terms of the legal process is something maybe she wants to be a part of in her daughter's lives. There was never obviously my sister and I growing up here in in the U.S., there was never that type of courtship process you know the the american culture doesn't really follow that kind you just date you get intimate people move in together you know or in some early stages of their relationship just depending where they're at but in the philippines that's it's taboo you don't really move in with somebody unless you're you're either getting ready to married or you're already married now did your mom talk to you about the appropriate way to date in this filipino style or was it just understood I think she left it open, but hoping that we would find men who would respect our culture and our traditions and maybe be more on the conservative side of, um, I guess, relationships. Yeah, and I I think it's fair to say that I did not follow a lot of those guidelines, (laughs) which is probably why we're going to get so much pushback in the story. And so let's get to the story. Yes. Uh, we left off. You're going to come home. We left off and I'm home. We're engaged. My sister has congratulated me, surprisingly. She's remained very calm throughout uh-huh. this process. And I told her, you know, my parents weren't home yet from work. I'm kind of like twiddling my thumbs in the living room. My heart's pounding. And I tell my sister, I think mom's going to be angry. And she's like, I don't know why she would be angry. Just you're engaged. And... I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Uh, and at the same time, I don't think my sister knew that our plans of moving in of an engaged couple. So maybe that's why she's like, you know, it's not really going to affect me or our lives yet. And maybe that's why she remains so calm. Okay. But- so we cut off last week. The garage door is opening. Get garage- us right back into that moment. Yes. So your heart's pounding. So I'm sitting on the couch watching something on TV I'm not actually watching. Okay just to remain calm in my mind. 
But then, I hear the garage door open, the creaking sounds of the rickety doors, and the car goes into the port. And now the door opens from the garage, and there walks in my mom. And your heart is obviously racing at this point. Yes. And she goes into the living room, and I said, hi, mom. And I'm, you know, trying to be cheerful. I just got engaged. I'm very excited. But at the same time, I want to kill myself because I don't want to be here. Okay. And she goes, hi. And I said, look, I'm engaged. And I show my ring. And her first answer was, so when are you leaving us? Oh, my gosh. Are you serious? Yep. (laughs) And I was like, what are you talking about? And she's like, well, this clearly means you're going to leave us and you're going to forget about us or whatever stupid stuff she says, you know, that's all about her. And at this point, I'm just getting really upset and I didn't really want to talk to her anymore because we've talked to our friends. We talked to our other, you know, family members. My dad says, oh, congratulations. That's so nice. You know, congrats. I'm so happy for you. But my mom is just like, so when are you leaving? When are you leaving us? So you, she says all these things. Mm-hmm. What do you do when she's clearly coming in very hostile? So you say she's going to leave you. What's your response? I go, I can't believe that this is the response I'm getting from my own mother. And I said, and all of my friends and even my aunt and uncle in California that you've met, you know, the ones the Hawaii, um, my Hawaiian family, they were elated, so happy. And And you're even getting support from your sister at this point. Right. And it was very disheartening to to hear from my own mom. That's her reaction when everybody else so happy. It was not like my blood, Mm -hmm. really. Her happier for us. Okay, so you say that. Mm -hmm. Where does it go from there? And it just goes crazy from there. All right, let's get into the crazy. What, What is crazy? What happens? It's all kind of a blur right now. And there's a lot of yelling. There's a lot of hurtful things said. At one point, she got very into my face about how I'm ungrateful and how, you know, she sacrificed so much for me as her daughter, all kinds of stuff. That's really, it's very shameful, I think, you know, and I don't know if she'll ever hear this podcast, but I would say it's very shameful as a mother to say to your daughter. So looking back on it, you think it was just a very low, dark time for your mom that if she saw it like filmed, yeah. do you think she would be ashamed of herself or do you think she would go, well, you deserved it? She would probably say I deserved it. My mom will never, ever admit that she's wrong. <laughs> I, I, she may never admit it, but do you think like in her soul, if she saw like a secret webcam of the scene that took place where she's just basically berating you Mm -hmm. and telling you you're basically not her child anymore right do you think if she saw that unedited just in her face she would feel shame or that's what my daughter really needed to hear that night um i would say now because you know spoiler alert everything is so much better now right i mean obviously they love you so much and they're so happy with where we are but i think if she were to look back and it was filmed you know I think there would be some shame there, but I don't think she'd ever admit it. But there would be some shame and guilt in the way she behaved. 
Um, I was like bawling. I was in tears. I cried myself to sleep that night. She did say stuff like, Oh, you only have one daughter now. So it's fine or something. So she basically disowned you that night. I mean, she said some very hurtful things. Yes. But it was out of this emotion. Yeah. I'm not trying to defend her, but it was very, very emotional for her. And I also get it from my mom when we're very emotional we will say things we know exactly what to say to people to hurt them and we'll say it so that's the bad thing that i inherited from her personality uh luckily i rarely you know go off in that but she definitely uh she went there with her emotions so we fought for probably a good hour or two she was even saying things like Michael never even came to us to ask for your hand in marriage. It's so inappropriate. We were not involved at all. And I think she actually got that idea from my Hawaii, you know, California family that had the wedding in Hawaii, my aunt and uncle. So the my cousin that had their wedding in Hawaii recently, um, her fiancé actually asked for uh, his her parents' um permission to it's just very like just formally not that they were gonna say no i mean he's been dating her for like 10 years but he just formally asked and said i'm ready to propose to you know cousin and and all that stuff and so my mom was telling me that story before and it was kind of interesting that she would throw that out all of a sudden saying like michael didn't even ask us it wasn't appropriate or whatever and i don't know if it's because like obviously my family and California, they're also Filipinos, and she liked that that they had that experience, and maybe she was hoping that she would have that experience also. I really don't know. I guess to address that, one, I do regret not going to your family and asking for your hand formally. It's, I think that's something that I made a mistake about. But I guess a question to you is, how do you think they would respond to that, me coming to them? Because to give myself a bit of an excuse as to why I didn't, mm -hmm. not to say that it's right, but just to kind of excuse it in a way, I never really felt that I would get a yes if I did that. You yeah. know, do you think they would have agreed to that if I would have done it formally? I mean, the the scene that we're creating here shows somebody who's very opposed to you moving out. I mean, that is mm -hmm. really the point. I mean, the first thing she says when she comes home is not, Michael didn't ask for your hand. It's when are you moving out right? in a very hostile way. So do you, what, what do you think would have happened if I would have gone to her and asked for your hand of marriage knowing the scene that was created? Because I, I, I don't know. I, to be quite honest, I'm not sure if she would just be saying, yes, do it. She probably would not have been excited. And she probably would have just said, you guys do what you want. But maybe she would have appreciated being in the loop. Mm -hmm. Because I think the news was, my mom doesn't like surprises. Mm -hmm. So the news was surprising to her that we were engaged already. And so I don't know if it would have been a little bit better, but maybe she wouldn't have felt so, I don't know if blindsided is the right word, but maybe yeah, blindsided by the news and kind of taken off guard. But what's interesting that night is before heading to bed i mean i was just bawling i'm in tears i felt like i had no one to talk to but my sister actually came in and just hugged me told me everything was going to be okay 
And it was a, a feeling that I had my old sister back for that I feel like I've lost over the last few months. And she was her big sister self again, kind of trying to take care of me, telling me everything's going to be okay. And I really, really appreciated that because I felt so alone at that time. But at the same time, she also didn't know again that maybe our plans are moving in. If she had known, I don't know if she would have been that caring and um, I guess that motherly to me and, and trying to comfort. But I still appreciated the gesture and she's always the kind of the first person to try and take care of me in general. You know, there is a good person in there, even though it was clouded over the last year of you and me dating by this awful person that just wasn't very welcoming at the end of the day if if something bad were to happen to me she would probably be the first one on my side that I could call and and take care of me yeah I mean with all that being said I've never really felt that your sister hated like me the person because I, I do think there is a mm-hmm. a warm caring person there yeah I think she just I think much like your mom was afraid of losing her sister in the way life was yes I agree And with, you know, respect to what you said about Margie feeling like maybe she's losing a sister, much like my mom feels like she's losing me in her home, we get a glimpse really of this type of feeling because we get into what we will talk about later, the meeting. You're right. There's a big meeting that comes up and something that we have to deal with together do you think it'd be a good idea to prep a little bit i think that's a great idea michael we can prep ourselves as well as the listeners a little bit about what is to come as we move forward should we should we do a new segment on it yeah it's called michael and jane prep for things that they're gonna do i'm really excited to prep for things with my fiance at the time that's right for this well you know what even though I didn't know we were going to prep for stuff, I come prepared. You came prepared? How so? I found an article for us. Wow, you are the queen of unsolicited articles. That's right. And you know, I'm very proud. I got straight A's and everything. And this is why. So you should be very lucky to be married to someone like me. Yeah, just your, so you know. Your ability to find resources is beyond <laughs> parallel. <laughs> Thank you. That means a lot. All right, so according to brides.com, the link that we'll share in our uh, show notes, it says how to deal with difficult in-laws. Okay. Boom, boom, boom. And the first thing they give this uh, advice to for couples who may have to deal with difficult in-laws, I don't know if you've ever dealt with this yourself, Michael, or Will, but just in case, we're going to prep you. Okay, and so me. we're prepping me for the future meeting that I don't know about. Yeah, okay. exactly. Just in case, in your back pocket, you Just have in case. this Just resource. Just in case past me needs some help. Mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So first thing they said is maintain a united front with your significant other. Right. I think that's really great advice because you don't want to go into a meeting unprepped, much like a... A lawyer wouldn't go to a court without knowing exactly what their client has done or not done. You don't want to be surprised by any questions that come up Mm -hmm. or answers that your significant other may or even may not give. Yeah, I agree there. And I think it's important that a couple stays as a unit no matter what 
the issue may be whether it's a difficult in-law or just a difficult situation overall you got to work together get through with it exactly if you the point of the meeting or any meeting like this would be to show that you're a good team it's a good idea to prep and be that what's the next one on there michael looks like we need to establish boundaries and stick with them a little bit what they're saying here is in order to keep the peace it's important to set boundaries and set them sooner than later. So basically, we want to make sure we play the same game here mm-hmm. and we don't want to go outside any sort of established boundaries. Right. And I think that especially in a in a meeting with in-laws, you got to set the tone yourself, your goals, right? What is your goal in this meeting if anybody like you or me ever had to be in a meeting? What is our goal and how do we execute it and stay on track? Right. And we also don't want to take any unneeded bait, right? We don't want to get, you know how in arguments people will throw chum in the water to Mm -hmm. get you off task and like go after or defend in a way Mm -hmm. that's unneeded. It's like a trap. (laughs) Exactly. Don't take the bait. And I know that's not one of the things that's on here, but. Oh, maybe it should be. Yeah, I I think it's really important to not take the bait and stick to the plan. And stay as cool and level-headed as possible. Great advice there. In fact, Bards.com, you, maybe you guys should add that to the article. We'll let them know. Yeah. Second, or sorry, third. <laughs> I can't count. But I seem to be able to find resources, just not count. Yeah. I'm yeah. sure that helped with your A's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they said, don't ignore the problem. Okay. And obviously, this one, I think, speaks for itself. You have to tackle the issue right on the nose and just get through with it instead of beating around the bush and kind of playing around being coy about what you need and it kind of goes back to the last one where you got to set those goals and you got to tackle those issues exactly i i think it's pretty easy to fall into a trap of talking around the issue like you said without trying to hurt people's feelings Mm -hmm. but really the whole point of the setting and the the meeting or argument, hopefully it's not an argument, but is to really, like it says, to address the core issue that's at, at play. Right. And then the next one, do you want to go through that? Sure. It says communicate directly with the offending party. And so one of the things that would be really bad is setting up your spouse to be in the middle between mm-hmm. you and who you're trying to talk to. Right. Or future spouse in this case. So for example, let's say we were a united front at first, but then all of a sudden I throw you under the bus. Yeah, that would not have been good. Or, you know, there's some bait that's thrown and they're trying to like wedge us apart. And we take that bait and start going at each other. But you, can, you can't. Your advice says you don't take the bait. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. You, you know, don't, you, don't take the bait, Michael. Yeah, those sharks are coming for you. That's right. Got to stay clean. All right. Next <laughs> one on the list is trying to avoid those knee jerk reaction. What does that mean to you, Jane? I think that just means don't act on emotion. You got to stay calm, clear-headed. And to be honest, you shouldn't really start any, I wouldn't say confrontation, but maybe, you know, a, a meeting and with somebody or a discussion with somebody without, with being too emotional is what I'm trying to say. So make sure sometimes those knee-jerk reactions, you might say something that you don't mean and you can't take words back. Exactly. I think... You know, one of the things that they, I think, helps even in teaching is trying to keep yourself in the least aggressive stance as possible. Mm -hmm. So even when I talk to students and stuff, 
I try to sit down and get on the same level so I'm not in an aggressive, like, over-the-top. I don't want to stand above them and look down on them because mm-hmm. I feel that puts people in a very defensive position. Yeah. And, it, and again, that would change instead of we're talking about the issue about the student or, in our case, between us and your family. It turns it into you're being a dick. Yeah. And you really want to try to avoid those types of conversations. I agree. Great advice from brides.com. Well, wow. I think we should hear it from our fans again. Wow. So many fans. So back to my story. We're engaged. I'm miserable at home because of it. My mom and I are not talking. And Christmas is coming around the corner. Right. This all happens a few days before Christmas, because remember, I got you the diamond ring for basically your Christmas gift a few days early. And I almost threw away your proposal in the fireplace. All good times leading to more good times. (laughs) Good times begets good times begets good times. But too much good can be bad. And let's talk about all that bad. Okay, here we go. So you go to bed that night Mm -hmm. and I assume that you are as happy as can be. Is that correct? Uh, no, actually, oh. I'm uh, crying a lot and my eyes are swollen. So they're swollen so bad, there's no choice but to shut them and go to sleep. Okay, that All sounds right. great. Yep. So what happens the next morning? Do you recall what happens that next morning? Do you talk to your mom? Do you sweep it under the rug, act like nothing's wrong? I think I end up just going to see you the next day. And my mom and I are still not talking. And usually I spend the day with you on the weekends. You know, it's a Saturday. It's our day to hang out. So... I just wanted to to spend the day with you. It was again like by nighttime or evening that I went home that my mom and I decided to just, well, I decided to kind of suck up, kiss ass and patch things up because Christmas is like two days away. No, I don't want the listeners to get the wrong impression here. When you say patch things up, does that mean you've put a bandaid on a gushing wound No, I think I just need to know what to do to get through Christmas at this point. So you and your mom have not, as we just talked about in the last segment, talked about the core issue at hand. You've talked about your differences at all. You basically just go, Mom, I love you. Let's move past it. Yep, pretty much. You haven't talked about a single thing at all, about anything that's at stake, the moving out, the engagement, what's going to move forward. I don't believe so. And I don't recall like starting to tell her about moving out. So nothing of substance has been discussed. I think I've mentioned it very briefly, but I think she thinks I'm talking about after we get married that I move in. So she's not thinking like a timeline within the next week or month or whatever where we're still engaged. And I think at this point, I'm still under the understanding that you're moving in within a few days. Because that yes. was the deal that's been struck. And this is going to lead to a lot of being pulled at both ends for you. Mm-hmm. And so can you talk about your experience with, you know, being pulled to stay with your mom and also me wanting you to come and progress our life together? Well, in quote unquote patching up with my mom for before Christmas, I made sure we get through Christmas just, you know, okay. I purposefully didn't discuss with her our plans of wanting to move in right away because I just wanted to sweep things under the rug. Let's just get through the holidays and call it a day and then we'll discuss problems later. 
So come Christmas, this is really, like you said, where it blows up in my face because my two worlds are now in this same environment because you come over for Christmas with the expectation that I'm going to be moving in. And so you're expecting things are going to be moved right. <laughs> into your apartment. Whereas my mom is thinking, well, she's being, we, I, we understand now, you know, we have an understanding now since we patched things up for Christmas that she's going to be here until she's married, like a good conservative, traditional Filipina that she is and will make me happy. But just to be clear, you never actually said that. You led her to believe that things right. were Right. By avoiding it, of right. course. <laughs> By avoiding conflict and not taking the advice of brides.com. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've uh, gone ahead and caused more problems for okay. everyone. And this is where it just like tears me up because I know by trying to appease, you know, my two worlds, you and my family, I'm actually just causing more damage and some hurt. Yeah, it's it's finally to a point where both the narratives you've told both of us can't exist anymore. Yes. You know, at some point a choice has to be made whether you're going to fulfill the narrative that you've told me, your fiance, mm -hmm. Or you'll fulfill the narrative that you're telling your family. And whether, I mean, one of those things has to exist. Yes. And one of the ways I did that on Christmas was to start slowly moving things that I didn't really need in the immediate future into your car to go to the apartment. So, you know, we're talking it's it's winter right now and I'm moving sandals and shorts and tank tops. <laughs> things you clearly don't need for the time. And like things that are stored in the storage that I never wear anymore. And to my mom, it's like, oh, okay, well, if she's just going to move some stuff that's, you know, because maybe she's not moving in later until the summer. So maybe she'll have her summer clothes over there. Mm -hmm. So in a way, I'm like, yeah, I'm so smart. Look at me thinking these two things are going to do things. And I'm like, wow, just a little puppet master over here. Yeah, but I wasn't having it. <laughs> I knew that that I read right through that. <laughs> like immediately when you started putting in summer stuff, I go, well, what are you giving me your summer stuff for? This stuff is in a box. It's out of the garage. I'm not like storage, you know, <laughs> and I'm just like, what, what are we doing? Yeah. You know, and. I think you still just do summer and you kind of placate me like I'll get the other stuff. I'm still wearing this stuff. I think you tell me, <laughs> you know, I, I just don't I don't know. You know, you're really yes. you're really tap dancing as fast as you can. Yes. And it comes to a head when I ask my mom, hey, mom, because, you know, she had some stuff for me. The nice thing I will say about my mom is that she saves a lot of things for uh you know, in, in the event that I am going to be starting my own family and moving out, she has all these new kitchen gadgets and, and storage containers and Tupperwares that, you know, I could start, I could start with. And so it was really nice of her. So I made the mistake of going, mom, where's all that stuff you were going to give me? <laughs> so I can like get it to the apartment already. And that's when she's like, why do you need to move it now? Are you leaving now? This is on Christmas Day, right? Yes, this is all this is all Christmas jolly fun. Was this before or after our walk together? I think this was actually before our walk, and then that's when we decided to go for a walk because you were just like not having it anymore. Because I think I just wanted to like a show of good faith, and I wanted to see that you're really serious. You were going to show me that you were going to come soon, mm -hmm. and it was really something substantial that you were going to bring, and so. You go to your mom and say, I'm going to move these Tupperwares or whatever. Mm -hmm. 
And then does she she obviously pushes back on it, right? Right. And do you move the Tupperwares or not? I don't <laughs> I remember. Don't, no, because she has them all like hidden and packed in whatever freaking storage she had. <laughs> yeah, like dig it out like Indiana Jones into her closets Indiana or whatever. Jones. Her closet is just like full of clothes. And then buried deep are these Tupperwares. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's what triggers the walk because I'm just not having it anymore. Yeah. She's like, what what are we doing? And I think you calm me down on the walk. You tell me I'll start moving stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think you move just a couple items and then I go home. Yes. And when you go home, that's when my mom and I uh, continue our fight pre-Christmas. And she uh, starts to call me out about what's really going on. What are my plans? And I told her, okay. My plan really is to move in soon with Michael because we're engaged and this is what my deal was with him and this is our compromise and this is what I want is and what he wants is for me to move in. We're engaged. We're getting ready to get married. And my mom was like, oh my God, is that really what you want? Because you just hate us so badly that you just are ready to leave us even though you know that once you leave... You'll be gone forever, and now you want to do it faster. So it turned into this whole thing again, where it's like, I hate my family. I don't want to be with them. You know, they. it wasn't like, oh, Jane's going to be happy. To This is what she wants. It's, oh, Jane's leaving us because she hates us automatically. And it just escalates from there again. And so you guys just kind of go around in circles for yes. the night. and. It becomes the same conversation, this time less tears from me because I'm just over it. You're starting to kind of pull out of emotionally of the thing. You're just... Yes. And then Margie her, hears it. My sister hears it. And she starts putting in her two cents. The ones, the ones caring Margie who told me everything's going to be okay finds out my plans of moving in with you soon and goes... Well, I don't agree with that either. I thought you weren't moving in until you guys are married. That's the right thing to do is to wait until you're married. So Margie goes from an ally to hostile very quickly once she realizes that you're out. Yes. And so now your family finally gets, you finally commit to the idea with your family mm-hmm. that you are planning on moving out. The date has not been set though. No. And I wouldn't say, actually, I wouldn't say Margie was hostile, but it was like. Well, I don't agree with that either. I'm, I'm with mom. That It's wrong, but whatever. Whereas my dad, at this point, has said nothing to me. My dad is so, you know him, he's laid back, he's just what a go with the flow. Your dad is an amazing man, but he has zero influence on anything that happens yes. in this discussion. It's I mean, a very matriarchal yeah, household. I mean, your sister has more influence in that family as far as dynamic and what actually occurs with you mm-hmm. than your father. I mean, yes. we'll talk about it later in the meeting. But before the meeting happens, another happy thing does happen where your mom comes to visit to see us because we're a newly engaged couple. She's very excited and she's coming the day right after Christmas. Right. And while it is happy, it just kind of you got to think of all the pressures that are going Mm -hmm. on here. Right. You are in limbo and haven't committed to any date to move in. You've kind of just said to your family, I'm going to move in. Mm -hmm. You told me you're going to move in. But at some point, what day is it going to be? That has yeah. yet to be settled. And so I think eventually we'll talk about, we'll tease here, you know, eventually this is all going to come to a head where both sides are saying, well, 
your family can just kick the ball down the road. Well, it's time to go to court. Exactly. <laughs> if we're going to go to Judge Judy's court. Here's the evidence yeah. of what Jane has told me versus what Jane has told you. <laughs> yeah. And my mom's coming out. Wonderful lady. And she's going to be, this has not been resolved yet. And my mom is coming out right in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. And so I think next week in our episode, we need to talk about how we, how this all kind of explodes into this big meeting that's going to happen next week where the players are me, you, your mom, and your sister have this huge formal discussion <laughs> on basically who gets the rights to you as weird as it sounds. <laughs> Well, don't give too much away. (laughs) That's true. Well, do you want to tell them how they can follow us and learn more about us? Sure thing. So before next week's meeting episode, you can follow us on Instagram at at millennial millennial underscore marriage underscore podcast. Or as always, you know, email has existed since the 90s, I've heard. And now we're part of that at mmpodcast.az at gmail.com. So write us. Give us some feedback, follow us, do everything that you want to do with us, except harass us. All right. Do everything they want to do with us? <laughs> okay. That, that's uh, social that's so media allowable. Okay. Shway, take us out. <laughs> <laughs>